in a dating world as confusing and chaotic as ours is, how do you find a spouse? We discuss this and more with special guest Kelia Clarkson on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, bashful bachelor, and with me as always is my auspiciously attached co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, an happily married man. <laughs> That's it. I can use that one. That's good. <laughs> yes, yes. You got that one for the whole month of February. That's right. Uh, if it ain't broke... And with us today, again, is a very special guest. She is an actress who's appeared in dozens of popular film and television productions, such as Beat the Shift, Miracle on Highway 34, and The Tonight Show, a prolific writer with hundreds of articles on relationships, lifestyle, women's issues, and numerous notable outlets. She is the host of the podcast Dear Wallflower and the editor-in-chief of the online magazine The Wallflower Journal, a place for women with deep inner worlds. She just released the 100-day guided journal called The Wallflower Journal. Great branding. Real consistent. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that seeks to help guide the woman who desires to deepen her inner world through the art of introspective journaling, available wherever books are sold. How are we able to get someone so auspicious as her on our show, you ask? Well, it's because she's married to our very own Nathan Clarkson. That's how. She is the wonderkind of the written word, the Aristotle of the arts, the Persephone of performance. She is Kelia Clarkson. Kelia, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you so much. I think this was my favorite introduction yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and I've had I've had probably four at this point, maybe maybe around that. But this is my favorite one. <laughs> Good, you you are somebody who has been on so many, like the most uh, most podcasts of any of ours, which we are very happy about. But we have I have absolutely run out of adjectives for you, so I'm having to be super creative. And I guess creativity is the mother of invention, uh, necessity in this case. <laughs> Yeah, she's she. You would think she'd be a tough get with all those accolades, but it turns out she's really not. Uh, I just turned and say, "Hey, you're going to be on a podcast in a few minutes." So, yeah. but we thought for this episode, this episode, as you'll soon find out, is literally about um, how to find a spouse, which I somehow managed to do. So now I am technically an expert on it, and I thought um, that we could impart our our wisdom on how to find a soulmate. Yeah, well, that was the funny thing is we were talking about this and be like, we really hadn't had an episode built around to like, you know, talking about this from your perspective because you you have a really cute story and, and such like that. And you have, you have, you generally tend to have both a good advice. We thought this would be good for our relationship month. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about how do you find a spouse on our Overthinkers episode. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy this, which... I have no reason to believe that they won't uh, and want to engage with more of our content and be fellow overthinkers like themselves. Where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.world where they can find out more about their hosts. And it's there they can send us all of their love and hate mail. Uh, They can also go to the online overthinkers community. It's a Facebook group and we want you among our ranks. We are posting tons of great articles pictures, and most importantly, very intellectual memes and getting into great discussions with people just like you who are interested in the stuff we talk about here. So please join the group. If you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review and sharing with a friend. Awesome. Uh, Everybody ready? Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So most people find that dating is a pretty grim prospect nowadays. According to Pew Research, 40% of Americans believe that dating is worse now than it was 10 years ago. And this is reflected in marriage rates, despite the fact that the majority of singles say they want to get married. According to CNBC, 90% of the world's population now lives in countries with declining marriage rates. And in the U.S., the rate of marriage has gone down 60% since 1970. While many people blame the economy for declining marriage rates, that certainly is something. According to a study by the Institute for Family Studies, the number one reason people aren't getting married is the inability to find a partner that they are happy with. This is a surprise between the loss of tight-knit communities that once made it easier to get to know each other, the rise of political polarization and economic mismatch between the sexes, the rise of social media dating, more transient work lives, and a host of other changes. It's no wonder people are finding dating harder than ever before. In this environment, dating coaches have found new life online for both men and women, giving advice that is wildly contradictory to each other and ranges from genuinely helpful to dangerously harmful. All this leads to most singles feeling more lost and discouraged about uh, dating than ever. So, Kelia and Nathan, 
I thought we'd start off this episode a little differently as we alluded to in the beginning. We'll get to some of the larger questions about how someone can fight the right person. But first, I think our audience would love for you guys to share with our listeners your story and about how you guys uh, end up finding each other. And spare no detail. Well, I'll share from my perspective what happened. And she can give, it's like a book, you know, you get both perspectives, you go back. And, <laughs> yeah. and then so, she can tell you how, where you're wrong. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was a sad, single lonely man um and just looking for love in the world um no i had just moved back to hollywood and if you know me i've lived back and forth between new york city and and los angeles for pretty much ever um and i had just moved back to hollywood it had been a particularly hard few years because of a particularly hard few things that had happened in my life um but I, this was a move where i was like all right I, i'm starting over in a sense i'm, I'm getting back on my feet and, and beginning my my foray back into the world. Um, and one of those things is I was in a place where I was looking for someone to spend the rest of my life with. I was in my latter 20s. I think I was about 27, 28 years old. And I'm going, I don't want to do the rest of my life alone. I want to find a partner. Now, um, I wasn't... Uh, I, it, a lot of people listening are in that place that I was right right then. And it can be confusing. Like you mentioned your opening thing. It's like, okay, how do I go about doing this? And I remember being pretty confused because pretty much the only options you had were dating apps or going to a bar, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which just sounded like uh, everyone complained about it, particularly in L.A. and New York. And and it didn't seem to actually yield that great of results. So, you know, I, I wanted something. I didn't exactly know how to go about finding it. So long story short, I moved back to Hollywood and, you know, I said, uh, I want to kind of foray back into these things that I love. And so I, I joined an acting class. And so I joined an acting class. And uh, if you've never been to an acting class, so basically the way it works is you are paired up with another person in that class and you are given a scene to work on for a few weeks and you perform it every week in front of the class and you get notes on said scene um, with that person. And so you kind of try it different ways and try to get better throughout the week. Just so happens that I that I walk in and I meet this young woman and um and she gives me this like kind of just this, this stare and she's like in the stare it communicates to me who are you and what are you doing here and i'm like oh okay uh and so i try to crack a joke and say hi you know i i see this immediately as this competition like okay she she immediately is is just hostile <laughs> And, and well, but her expression, that's what I read. And so rather than back down, I'm like, no, I'm going to make her laugh. And so I crack a joke and I promise you, I saw just the twinge of her lips curl up at my joke. So anyway, I'm like, okay, well, that girl is definitely not a fan of me. Uh, You know, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Um, You know, I I meet some other people uh, and she, you know, after I try to introduce myself, uh, she's like, uh-huh, and sits on the opposite side of the room. That was just where I always sat, okay? <laughs> I was not trying to not sit near you. <laughs> no, Sparks it- already flying, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the beginning of the class starts, and the teacher is now pairing up people for them to work on the next set of scenes. Lo and behold, I am suddenly paired up with this young woman, who seems uh, totally indifferent to my existence in the world. And I went, ha ha, in my heart. <laughs> I don't know what she did in her heart. We'll have to listen to her section in, in a minute. Um, but uh, so we were paired up. And for the next three weeks, I'll fast forward. Um, I knew that I had three weeks to get this woman to like me. And by the way, uh, what I didn't include is, I didn't just think she was interesting. I thought she was super cute. And so when I say get her to like me, I don't mean get her to like me as I'm like, oh, he's a cool dude. I mean, that was that's first, obviously. I wanted her to like like me, and I saw it as a competition. And I was going to win this competition. So I knew that for three weeks that we had to meet up for rehearsal, that we were gonna we were gonna hang out, whether she liked it or not. We were going to have to interact to do this scene, particularly if we wanted to be good marks in class, which is of high value to an actor. <laughs> and so the next few weeks. I rented out really cool places for us to do our scenes in. And then what really sealed the deal is one day before a rehearsal, I said, what is your favorite Starbucks order? I brought her her favorite Starbucks order. And again, that little twinge of the lip 
curled up when she saw her favorite Starbucks order, which I won't say on air. Um, don't worry, <laughs> Kilia. I'll keep that a secret. I something mean, it's, it's changed since then. Some things need to, <laughs> to remain private. Yeah. Um, so I got her Starbucks order. Lo and behold, over those three weeks, she starts laughing just a little more at all of my jokes. She starts spending just a little extra time with me after the scene has been done rehearsing. And uh, we also got a great, great mark on our scene. I also need to mention this. I'm terrible at telling stories. I also need to mention this aspect. The scene we were given was a scene from a very popular play that's now a movie called Closer. And if you've ever seen Closer, I'm not encouraging you to. It is a devastating, awful, dark movie about love falling apart. And so the scene we were given to perform was just two terrible people saying terrible things as they are breaking up and get in, and, and splitting up. And so every week, every rehearsal, it would start with us just cursing and yelling at each other and breaking up. Um, and then, but somehow through our interactions, that terrible scene of us breaking up, ironically enough, we got together and the rest is history. So that is my perspective. So would you like to give your perspective really quickly, Kelia? Yeah, because I was accused of a few things. So I wanted... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fight, oh. fight, 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 fight. <laughs> From my perspective, um, yeah, I had been in this acting class already. I considered it a little bit my turf. This is my space. And so I was... Wow. <laughs> I was definitely wary of, of any new people that entered because it was like, okay, who is this person? A little bit like a cat that's like guarding the door. Like, who is this person? Do I like them? Do they like me? Well, I'll add to that. So you guys have heard the TikTok thing, like black cat and golden retriever. Yeah. Have you ever seen a black cat when a golden retriever walks into the room it's in that it's it's it belongs to that room? That's what happened. Yes. I'm a golden retriever who walked into a black cat's room. Yeah. And so I went, who is this guy? And I had I had a few conflicting feelings. One of them was because Nathan is the type of person who will immediately make best friends anywhere he goes if he wants to. I am not that type of person. And so there was this element of like, well, why does everyone like this person? I haven't approved them. Who are they? <laughs> but then there was also this element of like, huh, He's kind of interesting, and he seems actually pretty funny. The first thing he ever did was make me laugh, and handsome. That's right. To boot. To boot. (laughs) And so the first impression I ever got was I'm sitting in my corner, and he comes up to me, and he, you know, tail wagging and makes a joke. And I can't help but kind of like it, but also go like, I'm not sure about you. Why, why do you want me to like you so badly? So, Because <laughs> you were cute. Right. You're pretty. <laughs> and so anyway, so I I did not try to sit on the opposite uh, <laughs> end of the room. I just took where I always sat. Ironically enough, she's sitting in an apartment we, we share together now. So I guess yeah. I won. I think you did win. Yeah. <laughs> the last piece... What thoughts of romance and woo and passion flowed through your mind when I brought Starbucks? Well, so I was going to get there. Um, so first, I want to cover how I discovered that we had been partnered. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. I thought, that's that's interesting. I'm either really going to like this or really not going to like this. And I don't know what to think right Spoilers. now. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. I ended up liking it. But I was... I was very interested to get to know this person a little bit more because he was unlike anyone I had ever met. He was charming in a way that I had never seen anyone be. Um, he was, I, I, th- I think I had seen you do a monologue maybe the mm-hmm. scene before. And so I, I knew you were a good actor. So I was like, well, at least that. And so anyway, so then we start meeting for our scenes and you bring me the Starbucks. And it was this, this like, this kind of, thing that I had never had any other scene partner do but I thought well it's that easy guys it's that easy (laughs) so episode over find a spouse just learn their Starbucks order and bring it to them that's it roll credits well I just thought what what a now I can finally tick off the the box of okay is he thoughtful is he kind does he Mm -hmm. consider me 
you know, b- before I'm even in the room with him. And so that was just like a mark mm-hmm. of, huh, okay, that's really interesting. He doesn't even really know me that well. And he wanted to do something for me. I, I like that. So guys, it wasn't, it, it really wasn't altruistic. <laughs> 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 because I thought she was pretty. By the way, this is really, and this will kind of get into what we're talking about. This is really interesting. I just want to point this out as a as a, an addendum. Um, how men and women go about differently yeah. deciding and thinking through, and even the rate and the speed at which they do about if they're going to date, be with, and even potentially marry someone. And yeah. you just talked about boxes. You're ticking off boxes. I had yeah. no idea. I said, she's cute, box checked. So that was all I needed. Box yeah. checked. For me, there was a whole sheet of things. And it's like, yeah. oh, which things are going to be highlighted and circled, filled out <laughs> and, and tossed out. So that that was an interesting thing. And, and you're right. Men and women do approach the very, very, very early days of a relationship really differently. Mm. And it was interesting to hear your side. Well, and I'll let you jump in here, Joseph. But I also think that there it is really fun recounting this story. And I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, sweeping epic romance, um, but <laughs> but um, I think it's also there's some things in this story that I want to work through and talk about today. That while it sounds fun and silly, and and there are fun things that are really integral to actually yeah. um, the art of finding someone to be with long term and to find that that person, your person. And there's some things that I didn't know at the time that we were doing right. Um, I, I wouldn't think about it consciously, but maybe you can, as you are entering this world, that we did right, and that's what ended up having us together. So, Joseph, thoughts? Uh, where, where are we taking this conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, okay, so from here, I think that that's that's really cute. I mean, again, it's it's a it's a really fun story. And again, people, if you want to hear more, there's there's you know, uh, Nathan also recounts this story in uh, was it God in Hollywood? Look, yep, yep, funny God in Hollywood about that. Yes. <clears throat> so, um. But yeah, the the I want to go off, start to unpack the story a bit, like you're saying about you know the things that you know you were struggling with at some of the obstacles you guys were experiencing, and that you see the world that people experience in finding dating. You were talking about Nathan about how you know they're really the options were so kind of you know thin for actually finding somebody. Yes, because it's like okay, you can do dating apps, you can do, um, and you could do bars. And and for me, what that's interesting is because we talk a lot. Way, neither of those are necessarily wrong. I'm not criticizing. No, because no, they no, don't no. have yeah, great it's... retention rates. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing is that the the statistically the most likely retention rate for a relationship is if you meet them at church or school. Uh, then it's afterwards it's meeting through friends, and like way down at the bottom is dating apps, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. The thing is, as a society, we're we're moving into a place where you're meet. If we're basically a stranger society, we talked about this on our show before about how we're having to meet people to date who we don't have any context for. They're not friends of friends. They're not friends of family. We haven't because you know we're living in cities. We're having jobs that we're com- constantly shifting. We're not living where we are dating. Our dating pool is people that. We have we're seeing every day. We're getting to get to know every day, and that cha- has changed the dating scheme. It changed the dating scheme before when we started mid to cities. There's the book Invention of Dating that talks about this. But in the internet age, where everything's even more transient, so that's an immediate struggle that you talked about having of the um, of 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 actually finding somebody. But then your solution, of course, is using some of that options of society in order to say, okay, I'm going to. Uh, go to a place where somebody has somebody of our interests. So like, I'd like to get you guys to unpack that for a moment about sort of like the, the particular challenges uh, that of modern dating that you see and that you experience, and then why it's important to actually uh, the space you're actually in meeting was actually so uh, helpful in this way. Yeah. Keely, talk a little bit on, because I think this is a really important element where you get to Joseph, because you talked about how, how it feels like one, it, it the really conflicting feelings um, that I, I remember feeling when when dating, which is one, we have endless access to everyone in the world. Like if you get on a dating app right now, you can swipe literally endlessly. I mean, mm-hmm. particularly in a city, there is an infinite amount of uh, uh, of girls and guys you can just never stop swiping on. So you feel like the stock is infinite, yet it's still if you if you like you reference the articles it's still 
feels almost impossible to find someone with whom you connect and could see yourself being with in a long term. So Kelia, thinking about where we met, mm -hmm. like the specific place and what it was about, yeah. why is that important? What about that do you think is something that, and, and how you suggest to our listeners who are going about this, why was that an important aspect to us having gotten together? Yeah, so I think I, it's interesting that you guys are, are bringing up dating apps. I think a lot of singles today, anyone who's been single the last probably 10 years has tried a dating app at, at some point or another. And I think the interesting thing is, yes, you can find so many people to swipe through, so many people to uh, match with, to maybe go get some dinner with. But I think a lot of times what you find, and, and this is from experiences that of people that I know, things that I've read, um, what you end up finding on dating apps is you get there to the date and then a lot of the conversation is, so do you have any siblings? So mm. what's your favorite color? Oh, what does that mean? You're a something something at the something something building. And so what, what we end up finding is that we go on a date with someone because they look cute enough and he's tall enough or she's, you know, whatever enough. And then we don't really have anything to say. And then we never end up seeing them again. Or maybe we, we kind of, you know, keep trying it. And then we, in three months down the line, realize I don't really like this person or even, you know, care to know much about this person or have much in common. And so I think the thing that was unique about Nathan and I and how we met and I think is a really wonderful thing is that we immediately had something to talk about because we knew that we both shared a love. We knew that we both had a desire to um, tell stories. We knew that we both loved acting. We, we knew that we were both sharing a certain path in life and a lifestyle that we were chasing after that we won't be chasing it all alone. We're actually coming together with someone else to chase it together. And so it was, it was, you know, it's, it doesn't sound romantic, but it's a move that makes sense. It's, oh, well, of course I'm going to meld my life with this person. Our lives make sense together. They are um, ingredients that go together. We're not trying to mix cinnamon with chili powder here. So I think that was a really unique and, and wonderful thing about the way that we met. Yeah, it's a, like you mentioned, when you're on a first date on, on dating apps or bars, there's no, nothing established that you have anything in, in common aside from, oh, we both found each other at least uh, to a degree attractive. Right. And it's like, so it's, it's oh, and, but it's beyond that, there's nothing of any kind of lasting power within the relationship. There's no shared values, shared future, shared whatever it might be. And so it's interesting though, when I think about, because, you know, when I, when I got to Los Angeles, I'm going to find a wife. I did go to places that I hear singles hang out. I even went to church, which is not a bad idea either. Um, and it has some of the things, but it wasn't total things. I went, I did the dating apps. I would go on these random dates. And when the place I ended up finding my partner was in a place that it was, I wasn't actually looking for love at all. I was going to, um, to pursue a passion of mine. And I found someone else who was on that same trajectory who had that same passion. And so very often, one of the things I really highly suggest, one of the first things I'd say is, you know, sure, keep on trying the dating apps and, and meeting people at, at, at singles uh, events or whatever. But very often, what will happen is you're going to find the person that you love doing life with because they're already doing life that you love. Is that that's quotable right that's there? That's really good. That, guys. that is quotable. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but when so whatever it is that you love, put yourself in context, and that can be basket weaving for all I care. You know, whatever it is you love, find someone else who loves that and is on a trajectory of that, so that you can meld your trajectories. You'll have a far greater chance of having something in common with someone if you're in a place where people are doing the thing that you love. Yeah. And so that was the first thing. So yeah. I'm also going to mention. I'm going to pat myself on the back and say. Uh, another thing and add this and let Joseph. That's so rare for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm going to pat myself on the back and say another thing that I did that I, I would encourage you to do is, um, and, and I understand there's a lot of people out here who have social anxiety, who are, who are fearful, who are scared. But if you notice, one of the parts of the story that both Kelia and I mentioned was 
I walked up to her. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't walk up to her and give her some cheesy line. And it's like, hey, you want to get out of here, baby? Or, hey, hey you, what's your number? Uh, what kind of drink, you know, is it? You, whatever. I didn't, <laughs> I don't know why I have a New York accent all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't doing like, you know, there's the pickup artist stuff that's been around forever. And it's so bad. I walked up to someone with confidence. So that's what I want to focus on. I went up to somebody and not with ulterior motives. I was, you know, I, yes, I wanted her to like me and all that. But really, I was just going up to meet somebody. I had the I, I gave myself the courage to walk up to someone who I found attractive and I thought was cute, who I knew we had a shared love. And I approached her. And I know that's like one of the biggest hurdles is a lot of people I hear about, oh, I went to this place. Oh, did you talk to anyone? No, no one came up and talked to me. Did you have a conversation? No, I just kind of sat there and said something. Sometimes I know it's scary. You have to be the one to walk up and start the conversation. And that conversation that I began with you ended in a marriage. And, it, and I've started a lot of conversa conversations with a lot of people that it didn't happen. I didn't end up marrying them. But the fact is that conversation did lead to a marriage. So you have to so start practicing the bravery of walking up to people, even when you're the new kid in the place. Don't know someone. Don't wait. Be find that confidence to actually approach someone. And so that's another thing I've mentioned. Joseph, what is something that you would kind of from our story and from other stories from stats and just kind of what you understand about culture now? What is something that you might suggest as well? Kowalski, analysis. Yeah, no, so like I think talking about the fact that you know you have to be in spaces where people can pre-screen you. Um, yeah. is one of the big things. You have the reason that, you know, church and school are so high on the list of, you know, relationships working out is because those relationships are in context where people are pre-screening each other. Whereas like, I've seen you consistently in, in, a, in a, over a decent period of time. And so I know how you behave outside of the context of a relationship. So I kind of already know things about you that I like and that I would probably you know, like things about you if we were dating. So of course, obviously being in a place where you have shared values and shared loves is really good as you talked about, but then being in a place where you're going to kind of see multiple sides of people over a period of time to pre-screen each other, you know, over, again, a long period of time or a decent period of time is a hugely important thing. Again, you guys were in an acting class together. You were going to be seeing each other outside of a context of dating each other for a decent period of time. And, you know, God decided to like push things along by having you actually be seen partners, yeah. you know, which was a <laughs> big help. Thanks, big man. You're really helping on that one. But, Thanks, God. Okay, okay. But the app, but the fact is you getting to spend that time together where you could like say, oh yeah, like what's your, what's your coffee order or things like that. Those are the times that really give the best boost to actually deciding, yes, I could date this person or I, could not date birds because you do talk about Kelia. One of the worst, one of the most difficult things about dating apps, you spend waste, you end up wasting a lot of time because you're like, I don't know anything about this person. So I have to screen them while we're on the date. Yes. And so that's another thing. So again, it's like picking, so pick a place where you can pre screen people in a place that's of shared values. And then, of course, when you are there, you have to actually put yourself out there to interact with the and I think you mentioned another thing about it, which is, you know, don't feel like you have to be somebody else in that situation. You know, get Nathan. Yeah, this is something about like you are a person who likes to be friendly with people and make people laugh. That is a yes. big part of who you are. And so yeah. you presented yourself the best version of yourself to that person, but the person you are naturally. Oh, and you hit on something the, I'm going to talk about. I just remember. Okay, okay continue. <laughs> but you had the confidence to say, I'm going to present the, you know, the best version of myself to this person and, you know, wear them down with that, you know, so to speak. But like, that was- <laughs> I did. The, it works. Yeah. But, but that was the thing is you were a place with a shared value where you're going to be pre-screening each other and then presented the best version of yourself in that context over time. So those are three things that I'm seeing- that are backed up by like most of the data that I read on this uh, well, in and that story. I'm going to add on top of what you say and throw to Kelia. Um, you mentioned the best version of yourself. And now imagine our listeners are going, wait, 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 well, hold on, back up. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so there's there's something I want to mention that is kind of the, the precursor, the, the, um, the prequel to this story that doesn't involve Kelia, um, but involves me. And so when Joseph mentions walking up to having the bravery, being in those spaces, uh, whatever it might be, 
Um, but there's this idea of the best version of yourself. And what I've seen a lot, uh, uh, I professionally coach people, particularly in career. Um, what I've seen a lot of people do, particularly in career, is they talk to me about wanting to be an actor or a filmmaker or a writer, whatever it might be. Um, and I say, so what are you doing to become an actor, filmmaker, writer? Are you writing scripts? Are you working on your prose? Are you learning how to edit? Are you taking classes? Whatever it might be. And the answer very often, surprisingly, is once I get success, then I'll start working um, at my craft, which is really, really backwards. And the same works for dating. I know a lot of people who are waiting to find the one before they start working on themselves. Or even worse, a lot of people believe that if they find the one, that's the only way they can become, uh, find their identity, find their fulfillment, whatever it might be. So you know, I, I joked and I was a sad, lonely man, but I was, I was, I was going through some really deep struggles. And before I met Kelia, I started addressing those. I started going to therapy and becoming more mentally healthy. I started, I picked up reading again so I could deepen my mind and my soul. I started working out for the first time in a long time and eating better because I wanted to have a healthy body. I started praying more regularly and, and, and investing um, in, in, a, in a local church body. Uh, I started, I got accountability groups. I got friends who are close. And so what I started doing is I made myself over a long period of time, over little practices, over a long period of time, I started be trying to, and it's, it's an imperfect journey, become the best version of myself. And Kelia met me when I was doing that. And I, and I wonder, and I, I don't actually wonder, I, I know if she had met me before I was in that process, I don't think we'd be here now. I think that there was something that she recognized, like she mentioned in all the boxes that girls tick when they're looking for someone. I think she wouldn't have seen the work I had done because I wouldn't be presenting them my best self. I would have been more selfish. I would have been um, uh, not not as kind. I would have been more thoughtless. I would have whatever. I would have been less less healthy in in so many ways. I would have been less emotionally healthy, um, mentally, whatever it might have been. But because I had done the work before, I had met somebody. Um, I'd done a lot of work. I'm still doing the work. It's a nonstop work, guys. But it is something you have to do. That was something that she could, as she said, she could start checking off and seeing that I was someone who was doing the work to become my best self. And so that's another thing I'm going to add to this is do the work to become your best self before you expect to meet the, the love of your life. Because in doing that work, that will help you exponentially and quote, attracting or finding someone because people are going to be attracted to healthy, whole, particularly healthy people, healthy, whole people who are in the process of becoming the best selves. And your best self will be the most, quote, attractive self, both, um, sure, physically, but also mentally and emotionally. And so I was doing that work. I encourage you to start now. Don't wait until you find someone to become a good person or a strong person or a healthy person. Start now. And that'll be part of how you actually end up finding your soulmate. Keely, anything to add to that or any any other thoughts yeah. on something else you'd suggest that people do? Yeah. So, yes, I, I think it's really important to put effort into both your exterior appearance and your interior appearance. So are you a kind person? Are you someone who is fun to be around? Um, are you a positive presence? Do people feel better for having been with you? Are you supportive? Are you approachable? Do you consider other people and their needs and their feelings aside from just your own? And of course, speaking about the um, exterior, you know, obviously not many of us are supermodels, but this doesn't mean that we can't take pride in the physical appearance that we are presenting to other people. And this is the first way that they see us. So are you someone who's putting effort into the way that you look? Do you exercise and try to eat well? Do you dress for your body type? Do you improve yourself and have good hygiene? Um, I think all those are just really number one, you know, start here. I'm the picture of health. <laughs> it's funny, we can kind of throw those out and be like, oh, anything physical isn't important. But the physical realities of ourselves are, are metaphors for the interior realities yes, of ourselves. Absolutely. First thing I saw, yes, he made me laugh. First thing that I saw before that was the smile that he was approaching me with, was the, you know, plaid shirt that I liked that he had on. It was exterior things that made me go, this is an interesting person. I think I might like him. And it's like subliminal markers or things that I groomed myself that day. I made yeah. sure I looked nice. I smelled nice, yeah. which is funny. I know that sounds shallow, but those were subliminal things that were indicating to you, he's someone who takes care of himself. Exactly. He's responsible. Exactly. Um, 
something else that I think is <laughs> or an important thing to mention, and I, I, I hope I can get this across correctly. I have seen- That's always a good sign. <laughs> I, I feel like I've seen a lot of people, singles, I feel like I've been this person, where you are so desperate to find that person you want it so badly, you yearn to have this um, this partner in life that people can sense that from you immediately. Mickey, but you're three hours early. Oh, oh, you know, I'm just obsessed with you. And they wonder why you're so desperate. And they wonder what happened or didn't happen for you. Um, and, and they might want to distance themselves from the person who seems to be really needy and clingy and, and too interested in what I think about them. Um, and I think the other side of it. Is- I wasn't interested at all <laughs> what she thought about me. That's my secret. I didn't care what she thought. Well, that, but that's what, that is what I felt, <laughs> which I mean, it's a good thing in, in many ways. But I, and I think the other side of, of feeling really desperate and feeding your desperation, which I understand we've all felt it when we've been single. Um, but I think the other side of it is it, it can lead us to um, pursue really unhealthy connections that should not continue and to kind of put up with maybe bad behavior or toxic relationships that we're going to end up regretting. Um, so that's that's something else that I would add on. And then I think this is something that I um, I noticed immediately when when I began texting Nathan for our scene rehearsals and things like that, and, and we started seeing each other more regularly. Um, he was someone that made me feel like I mattered and feel like I was special. He would talk to me and ask me questions that made me go, wow, this person wants to know about me. Um, mm. And so, you know, I, I think we hear a lot of, of different advice, like Joseph mentioned earlier on how to get the girl or the guy's attention. And I think that one thing that a lot of people say is play hard to get, play hard to get. And I, I don't necessarily know that that's always a good thing because I think that playing games can kind of complicate things and cause confusion and um make people go be wow, honest I'm... about your intentions yeah be honest about who you are and so i think not in a desperate way just in a an honest way be, yes. be an honest person be an honest person why don't you talk to each other just give it a try and and if you like something about someone find a way to let them know laugh at their jokes um compliment their shirt ask for their advice about something or ask what their starbucks order is and then they will associate you with feeling good about themselves, taking care of, or feeling valued for something that they can offer. Um, and obviously, don't go overboard and and you know shower them with all kinds of. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna add something to this. Uh-huh. You're totally right, but something that I've always tried to do and admired in people is I didn't do it to just you. Yeah, I tried true. to show interest and kindness. Mm-hmm. That will be a telltale sign of desperation. If you're only kind to one person, that's true then it's, oh, there's an ulterior motive here. Um, but if you are kind to the waiter, you are kind to the person you're not trying to date, and you're kind to the old person uh, who needs your help with something, it, they, the people want to see that you are a holistically kind, loving person to everyone, not for an ulterior motive. Of course, you can give special attention to the, to the cute girl you're trying to get attention to, but it needs to be consistent everywhere. Do you know what yes, I mean? Yes, absolutely. I think Yes, something that will make this person feel special, but then also I want to know that you're not only doing this to serve yourself. And, and then as soon as you have my attention, you know, the mask comes off, basically. Sorry, guys, they're mowing something outside all of a sudden. Yeah, but you, you, you guys, you mean you live in you live in a place that actually like has noises that exist outside? Yeah. No. So this is fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> so what I am, you know, hearing here. Again, is you know there are two problems that are you know with you know finding a spouse. One is the fact that you know finding spaces where you can actually find someone have the best chance of finding someone because that's something in modern society that is not automatic in the way that it used to be. And so you have to find those spaces yourself where you can pre-screen people and where you have shared values. The other aspect of this is working on yourself. You know, it's often been said, you know don't worry as much about finding, you know, 
the right person as being the right person. And so be the kind of person who can, you know, when you're in that space, engage with people and, you know, put yourself out there, but also be the kind of person that, you know, a person you'd want to date would want to date and actually be kind person, be funny, whatever it is, the best version of yourself is work on that aspect of yourself just because that's good to work on yourself about. And then you will be the kind of person who can actually have the kind of relationship that they're looking for. So those, I think those, those two aspects are kind of the big things to work on uh, as anything else you guys want to drop in before we, uh, before we wrap up and go out the blessings and curses. Yeah. I have just like, um, one or two other things. And, and I'll start with the one that's kind of built on some of the other things we say, we, we, we talk about today. Um, but it kind of goes to the desperation thing. It's easy to say, don't be desperate. But one of the best ways I have found not to be desperate is get passionate and excited about something else in your life. And that, so dating and finding the right person doesn't take up all your time. And you'll find that desperation, of course, the desire will still be there, but it won't be this desperate thing that is taking up all your mental energy. And that won't come off of you when you meet someone. That when you talk to someone, you actually have something interesting to say about a passion and pursuit that you're already invested in. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I would suggest is get excited about something in your life aside from just finding um, a spouse. And that actually might help you find a spouse. Yes. Um, the other thing is, and, and this will be kind of my last thing. There's a million other things we could say, but I hope there's some helpful things in here is shut up, stop listening to the podcasts. And if that's, if you're uh, a girl who's listening to the dating podcast, I'd like, you know, uh, I think one one's called Call Me Daddy. And if you're a guy listening to whatever podcast that is just totally sexist and demeaning to women, and they just have these really, really deeply um, uh, cynical views of men and women. And don't feed that, whether it's on Twitter, don't feed that on through the podcasts. You are not going to find someone that you can spend the rest of your life with if you hate them. <laughs> and these podcasts really fuel hatred of the other, of, of women, of men. And I don't think that's a healthy thing if you're actually looking for a long-term partner. So turn off a lot of this bad advice. Stop trying to, um, you know, listen to these things that are giving you, uh, uh, like, what do they call them? The whole book, like pick up lines and, 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 and degrading women and, or, or hating men. Those are not healthy when you're going to look for a partner. And I think they're distractions and I think they will fuel something in you that won't actually be a benefit on your search for a life partner um, and, and a spouse. So, so I would advise uh, listening only to the overthinkers <laughs> and Dear Wallflower. Yeah, I think I think those are the only podcasts you should listen to. And I think that God told me to tell you that. And you need to do that, or you're going to be a bad person. So I'll end with that. Who writes this guy's stuff? <laughs> Kelia, do you have anything to add to that? Now, I, I have just, first of all, I thousand percent agree with everything and the podcast things, but um, I'm just going to finish off saying, because we mentioned really early on in this episode, a checklist that I was checking off. And I think it's important to have a dating checklist of a sort, but I think it's also important to know which um, items you need to be prioritizing here. Does it really matter if he's over six feet? Probably not. I don't think that really has any bearing on um, a life of happiness. So I think get clear about what real deal breakers are. And a lot of times they'll be centered around, um, do you share a faith? Um, do you both want kids? Do you both want the same kind of life? Are you on the same path and chasing the Eating same Eating stuff as small as like do you both enjoy getting up early or, or do you, are you okay with traveling during the year? Like practical things too. Yes. Practical, not even super romantic things. Does my life actually make sense with this person's life involved? So I think figure out which items prioritize. And then last thing is have self-respect. Please don't ever beg someone to like you or chase someone that has no qualms about wasting your time or leading you on and hasn't shown an equal amount of interest and investment and respect towards you, please find someone that puts effort into pursuing you too and sees you as someone that is worth pursuing. And I think that's my last bit of advice.
That's fantastic. Well, this has been great. As a single person here, I've been giving the floor a lot to the experts in the room. And hopefully that people... Have you learned um, anything, Joseph? Have I have learned. I have taken so many notes. Good, I good. Know. We love yes, imparting um, our, our wisdom. Yeah. I, and, and I love receiving wisdom. Good, so it's good. all great. Yes. Um, but yeah, now I hope every this has been helpful to uh, all the other singles here. And again, if you have... Uh, stories and, and things that um, that have been helpful for you, for you are in a relationship and, and there have been things that have been helpful for you. Love to have uh, your feedback. Uh, send us an email. would love that. Now, of course, we are on to our blesses and curses segment where we take a work of art, media, or resource and uh, recommend it, i.e. bless it or diss it, i.e. curse it. So uh, what would you say is, uh, what are your uh, blesses and curses today? We're gonna let you go first and hope that the uh, the landscapers uh, finish by the time you finish your blessings and curses. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Joseph, what are your blessings and curses? Ah, uh, the the technical difficulties are our favorite part of this show. Uh, always always keeps things random for you guys. Keeps them on their toes. Um. So yes, I will. Uh, my so my have I'm doing a. Doing some doing some rom coms that I because I, I always have now because we do relationship month every every year I've realized I have to update myself on the rom com so I have to update new to blessing the curse uh, every time that uh, we do these episodes so I have done that I've watched uh, a few things um, I'm going to bless a romantic comedy that came out maybe a couple years ago at this point um, it's called Meet Cute it stars Pete Davidson and Kayla Cuoco. It's a great uh, rom-com with a twist. It's it's basically a time loop rom-com, but they do a really good job of just unpacking the difficulties of fighting relationships when you are kind of messed up yourself and kind of like working on yourself in order to be the best person for a potential partner. And the things that hold us back and the things, you know, being desperate, being, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and I think they just do a good job. I think... Romantic comedies are at their best when they have that fine line between um, truth and fantasy. It's like, okay, here's the true love that we're all looking for, but here's the actual problems that we're dealing with that are holding us back from that. I think that those are are really good. I like those. Uh, so again, I think that that's a, that's probably one of my favorites, recent favorites of of the genre. And I I grew up loving rom coms, so I, I'm always happy when there's a good one. I agree. I really, I was surprised at how much I like this. Yeah. I was also surprised on another note, um, how great of a dramatic actor Pete Davidson is. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and Kaylee Cuoco. It, it really was a surprise. I thought it was going to be like a silly little, and I was like very touched at the ending, but I thought it was really a beautiful story. So I 100% agree. Yeah. Yes. So uh, so for curses, I've, I've waited a whole year to curse this one. I saw it last year and it made me so angry. So I'm going to, I'm uh, cursing this for a relationship month is the uh, movie Somewhat I Used to Know, which is, um, oh, I can forget, a community star. What's what's her name? There's the star of it. She's oh, acted it also. Alison Brie, yes. She she started it and directed it. And it starts out as kind of a, a nice kind of deconstruction and riff of sort of Hallmark romance movies. But it ultimately ends up, you know, it's about somebody who, you know, has a, you know, is having a hard time in their career. They just get fired. And then so they go back home to their, first love and and they're thinking of reconnecting with him but he's getting married and it's again it seems like it's gonna like really be honest and say something interesting while also being funny and and sweet and it ends up just being a very kind of angry kind of messagey movie about sounds like somebody is is trying to yell at their actual old old love from (laughs) from their childhood what they wish they could say to them uh rather than being something that's self-aware and honest and and that's um and and kind and and it, it doesn't end up actually giving good advice. I actually think about how to um, have good, solid relationships with people. It ends up just being a very kind of angry, uh, uh, angry kind of um, movie. And so I was very disappointed in that because again, I love everyone involved in it, and I think that the the topic is really interesting and the premise is really interesting. So uh, that's that's what I'm going to curse curse for today. Uh, okay, how about you guys? What are you what are what are you got for us? I'll let the lady go last because you saved the best for last. Because we've already okay. we've already blown ladies first. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna bless a book I just picked up on a whim. 
Um, I was looking for a lighter read. I've been reading a lot of stuff that is not light. And I wanted a lighter read. And I always love books about relationships. And 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 there's one that I came out just recently. It was called How to Be Married to Melissa. And it's by a stand-up comedian uh, named Dustin Nickers. And the, the title is really, really funny because... The entire philosophy is, you know, uh, this this comedian talks about his marriage and, and his relationship and how he went about finding one. And what he talks about is there's all this advice out there in, in, in dating books and marriage books. And uh, and it, it there's some good things to garner from these. I, I have read these and there's some great things to, to learn from. I've even suggested some on the show. But what he's getting at is a lot of times the hyper-specific advice doesn't work for every relationship. And that his journey wasn't learning how to, quote, be married and listen to all these books and their and their methods. His journey was learning how to be married to and love and even date Melissa, his wife, someone very specific. And so um, I really love that kind of philosophy that every marriage relationship is unique. It's not going to look like another one and needs its own um, macros, if you will. Uh, but it, but aside from that, he's also a comedian. And so I'm literally reading this laughing out loud in bed at night because um, it's so very funny. So if you want a fun read that's all that's insightful, but also really enjoyable because it's hilarious, uh, please pick up How to Be Married to Melissa. We'll, we'll try to get her on the show at some point, um, both of them. It's, it's a really, really fun, um, but also insightful book. Um, I'm going to curse um, <laughs> an old movie. And, and luckily enough, I will not be alone in cursing this. The critics cursed it as well. So, but but I, I do think it's it is indicative of a lot of kind of the philosophy we have about finding someone now. And it's called "What's Your Number," which is essentially uh, not to be crass, but how many people have you slept with? And there, the story is about uh, slept with slash dated. And the story is about a woman who has slept with nineteen men. And this is on, on affairs and Chris Evans star, uh, nineteen men, and she didn't want to go above twenty. And so she, now she's in a um, in a in a desperate attempt to find uh, uh, someone so that the the 20th person she sleeps with will be her husband. I don't know how this wasn't just loved by everybody. I mean, it is so demeaning to everyone involved. I can't believe this ever was made, but it sure was in 2011, which was a different time. Um, but but ultimately, the funny thing is, as problematic as this movie is. I do still see people kind of adopting this philosophy that you basically need to try on other people like clothes um, until you find the one that fits. And with clothes, it works great. I encourage you to try on those jeans before you buy them. The problem with people aren't jeans, another quotable moment. <laughs> <laughs> there, and it encourages this idea that you should kind of use people uh, like a product. Like you're kind of evaluating like a product and people have feelings and emotions and, and hearts and souls. And so to see them as a product that you're trying on and will discard if they don't fit exactly the right ways, I think is a really one detrimental thing to just another human being. But two, this does not actually, in the statistics and back this up, this isn't actually a good way about going about finding someone. Um, and aside from all of that, the movie wasn't funny. It was supposed to be funny. I don't even know why I watched it. It was like the only thing in theaters uh, in 2011. And it just wasn't good either. And so written, it wasn't, there's jokes weren't good. No one didn't, no one had chemistry. So I, I encourage you to keep on doing what you already are and avoiding this movie because it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that thing you're doing, not watching this movie, just keep doing that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're golden. All right. Okay, Kelia. You're up. Send us off. All right. So my bless today is going to be a movie called Plus One. And we watched yes. it. Yes. And, and Joseph, I believe, has blessed it on this podcast a while back. And so I'm going to double bless it today. And um, first of all, it's just a fun rom-com that hits all of the moments that you want it to hit. But I appreciated the message that this movie presented, which it, you know, basically it's about a guy and a girl, they're friends and they're both single for different reasons. And, you know, they, oh, they couldn't possibly be interested in each other. And then they slowly begin to fall for each other. And then, so these are some spoilers, but um, the guy starts to have some doubts. And so he ends up breaking up with her. And later on, they talk about how he was in love with the idea of who he thought she was. And then when he was confronted with a real person who has baggage and quirks and off days, 
he started to freak out and he threw out a relationship that had a lot of promise. And at one point in a particularly touching scene, he's at a friend's uh, wedding after he's broken up with the girl. And he's talking to the groom and he says, how is everyone just so sure about the people that they're with? And the groom says, what are you talking about? We're not sure. We're just deciding to make this work. We're just choosing this. Um, and he says, you know, right now, you're kind of the guy in the ice cream shop that's trying all the different flavors. And at some point, you just have to pick a flavor. And I, that was just such a touching scene to me that it depicted this person who is going about um, finding romance in a relationship and a person to spend his life with in the wrong way. And then at the end of the movie, he figures out, okay, what am I supposed to do? Then how am I supposed to be um, pursuing this and, and finding the person that is right for me? And so it, it was just a really, first of all, lovely rom-com that had, and what I love about some rom-coms is they have deeper messages right underneath the surface. And so th that was a really fun um, fun watch for us. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I also really loved, there, there's a quote in there where he talks about you have never fallen in love. You've only ever fallen in love with this idea of what a woman is. But as yeah. soon as you actually get to know a real woman, you're out. And I think that can happen so often to us. We, we love this ideal in our heads, this fantasy. Um, but the reality is no one's going to be the right person. Yeah. You can't expect things to be they're ready to be perfect on on the first day. What when you meet someone that's right for you, what right means is that you're both willing to make it something beautiful, that you're both in it to create something. It's an act of creation, a, a mutual act of creation together. Yeah. And it's not a fantasy that's that's fully formed and you'll find it someday. No, it, it's something that you need to find someone who's willing to work and run and walk in the same direction and make something together. So it's really beautiful. It was fun and funny and silly, like you said, right beneath that, those rom-com tropes were something a little deeper that I think that this generation can really, really learn from. So I, I yeah. agree with your bless. Yeah. And then as far as my curse goes, I'm going to curse a reality show called Love Island. And just any reality show similar to this, because I feel like there's about five shows that are kind of the same. And it basically, it's a show where they just put like very, you know, pretty people in bathing suits on a remote island. And they're like, okay, guys, go find love. And surprise, surprise, it doesn't really work out. <laughs> and there's a lot of cheating and and lying and really toxic people and awful moments that break my heart what? honestly in a reality tv show yeah, I know. no 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 no. Would have thunk it? i don't think that's true <laughs> and so sadly i think um the, the reason that i'm cursing it is i i think it it paints a, a picture of the way that i think sadly a lot of young singles are going about finding love right now which is um focusing on all the wrong uh, things and kind of rushing into things and, and, and running at top speed into new relationships. And, based upon shallow evidence. Yeah, based upon very shallow <laughs> evidence. And so I, I'm just going to go ahead and, and bless, or not bless. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in favor of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I support this method. Yeah, I endorse this show. <laughs> here, folks. Kelia of the Wallflower Journal endorses Love Island and Go Island and wearing uh, only bathing suit to find your love. Very scandal. This is the Wallflower Journal's first scandal. Back to the Love Island and all of the 80 million other shows apparently that are just like it. So that is my curse for this week. Cool. Well, thank you for being on our show, Kelia. Um, if people want to get uh, in touch with you or to uh, find your other content, uh, where can they go? Yes. So you can reach me by searching my name on any of the socials. I'd love to hear from all of you, Kelia Clarkson. Um, and yes, check out Wallflower Journal. It is my online magazine for the women with a deep inner world. I have an incredible team of contributing writers that um, write such wonderful and and beautiful articles. And we have articles every week about uh, relationships, lifestyle, beauty, book lists. We have a lot of book lists. So if you're a reader, you're going to love it. And then check out Dear Wallflower. That's my podcast, which is essentially a, a Dear Abby uh, advice column, but in podcast form where I, um, every two weeks, I release a new episode. And I am this year very, very excited to have a whole slew of incredible guests on to speak into the letters that we received so go ahead and check out uh both of those 
And where can people find the Wallflower Journal, the guided journal? Oh, that's right. Yes, I have an actual physical journal. Um, So you can get it anywhere books are sold. It is a 100-day guided journal that is um, meant to inspire uh, deeper thought and foster a more beautiful inner world for anyone who picks it up. So I hope you will pick up a copy of my guided journal, the Wallflower Journal. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to theoverthinkersjournal.world. Again, please join our private Facebook group, The Overthinkers. We want you there. If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Also, check out my books, Good Man and The Way of Kings. Both of these um, have some advice and some and some thoughts and insight into uh, the kind of the topics we've talked today, specifically for young guys out there who, who, who would like some insight and in, in, um, into these these worlds and waters and thoughts. So please check out those books. Joseph, where can you find You can find, find me on any of the socials as well. And also my website, josephfilmstudios.com. And of course, you can find my film criticism regularly at religionunplugged.com and other outlets like Relevant and such. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. And remember... If it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.